0: 6 o'clock, then it's the Rich Keith Show. I got a lot of angry callers uh, who work at Cirque du Soleil. We'll maybe uh, talk to one of them later on this hour.
1: It's your Just for the record. For we're the doing, record. We're doing whatever you want. True.
0: I didn't say that Cirque du Soleil uh, performers aren't athletes. I said it's not a sport. I asked
1: if they were athletes. It's not a
0: sport. I said they are athletes. I think they are athletes.
1: Is cheerleading a sport?
0: Uh, a cheerleading competition is sure, yeah.
1: Well, what if you have a Cirque du Soleil competition? Then do they? What is a, a Cirque du Soleil competition? Oh, whoever's doing the weirdest pose, yes, whoever's making you the most uncomfortable.
0: Who judges one of those?
1: <laughs> Wiggy.
0: Yeah, Uh Wiggy, who is the uh, Cirque? What are you calling? Can it?
1: the Greg Hill Foundation put that together? A Cirque du Soleil.
0: <laughs> what are you calling? Circus Dolly. Circus, dole is what he said.
1: Circus Doley.
0: That was tremendous. Um, anyways, uh, we promised you some. You, s- you
2: see Great that?
3: At, you see that at circus Dole all the time.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a treasure! Why is that so funny? Uh, circus <laughs> it's Delay. So wrong. It's that's just a- so wrong. That's not as good as Jellifus us. Remember Jellifus us? You guys know what I'm talking about? No. At one of the Patriots, one of the Patriots parades. <laughs> and
2: they hate us because they jellifus us. <laughs>
4: This is the big, (laughs) guess what? The Patriots, they're going on.
2: They're going to win a championship.
4: This is a big deal. Let's get everybody remembers Jermaine Wiggins. He was part of that original dynasty. He's a local guy. Come on, Wiggy. Here's the microphone. Come on out here and and, and get everybody excited for the big game. And
2: they hate us
4: because they
2: jealous us. (laughs) Sometimes you just get
0: lost in the sauce. You do. My all-time favorite, maybe my all-time favorite drop ever, <coughs> right next to a uh, circus D'Olé. Anyways, <laughs>
1: oh my god!
0: All that being said, uh, we did promise you some uh, some hot Mac Jones talk this uh, this segment. You want to set this one up, Mega? This was uh, oh, we're
1: going right into this. Do you
0: do you want to? I mean, we don't we don't have to right away.
1: No, I want to. Let's jump right to. into we've been, it. We've been waiting on this sound, so I will say, I'm not super fond of one of the guys in this bite because I think he called me a, a d bag. Yeah, he well he called our whole station d bag. The
4: three idiots at WEI.
1: Oh, there he, goes. he called us idiots. Okay. I'm used to getting d bag from other people, but he called us idiots. He called it specifically. D bag
0: is a weird insult for for a woman. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't They're idiots. Like- well, don't
4: listen to that show. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what he said say.
1: about Christian Foye,
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Lou Maloni, and I. Right. And but th- this was a little interesting. So this is Mike Florio and Chris Sims talking about what they heard Mac Jones was doing during the season.
5: Mac Jones wasn't happy. He was telling people he wasn't happy.
2: He was calling people about, hey, can you help us with ideas and do stuff
4: like that? From my understanding, Belichick found out all these things. He found out that Mac was talking to people and all this. And I think that's where it did get personal.
2: Uh, and, and that's
4: where and, and
3: Belichick made Mac Jones aware of it too, it, as you might imagine. I
4: exactly, which no is why doubt. it stopped. Right, and then I think with the, you know the Bailey Zappy thing, I think oh, you're right it. there. I think that was a little bit of a dig.
1: Ugh, that that's so annoying. Like, okay, maybe you have a bit of info. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So somebody squealed that Mac Jones was reaching out to him. Right. Asking, Hey, you know what? It's really a mess here. Can, can I just get some advice about how to handle this or that? Or if you were in my shoes, what would you do here? Sure. But then you take it to the Bailey Zappy thing.
4: I know a lot of stuff here. Oh,
1: so annoying. That aside, I was I listened to this a couple times. I know some of the other shows have played it. And I was like, the thing that jumped out at me. I don't doubt that this is true. I, I Bailey Zappy thing aside, especially when he dropped the stuff like that. Right. I was like, "Stuff like that sounds exactly like something Mac Jones would say." Can you help us with offensive stuff like that and stuff and stuff? <laughs> yeah, I think we need help with time. stuff like that. Yeah. You know, just like because I can't, you know, there's no motion before snap, and I can't do any play action, and they don't RPO. So can you help me out and figure out that and stuff like that?
0: Yeah. Is that okay and stuff?
1: What do you think? Is it real?
0: Uh, yeah, I think it probably is. I don't think there's anything really wrong with that either. I think that Mac Jones was at his wits end this year. I think that he was looking for answers wherever he could get them. Who's and, he supposed uh, to
1: ask? He's getting called the why guy. Right. When he's at, when he's asking his coaches. Yep. When he's, he's saying, he's, why are we doing this? Can you explain this to me, how it's going to work? Because I, I don't get it.
0: You don't often see a young quarterback like him blow up as often as he did this year. Unless, they're, unless they're really, really frustrated. You know, and you don't just get frustrated because you missed a pass or because a guy wasn't looking when you threw him the ball or whatever. I feel like that frustration, it seemed like anyway, was born from an entire, like a structural meltdown, basically. Like there was nothing there working and he knew it and he knew that there was nothing he could really do about it. Uh, the The offense and the roots and sort of the calls and everything else, it was just all a big mess and that i think is what led to some of those outbursts more so than you know just him being a bratty guy or him having the influenza or whatever you know like i think that those are all those are all legitimate things and i think it built up You know, a couple of things here and there. Max seems pretty polished, honestly, like when he talks to the media, when he talks to us, he seems polished enough that he can shake some of those things off, you know, water off a duck's back, whatever. Hey, it didn't work that time. We'll get back in. He loves his teammates. They all love him. Let's get back in the huddle, go run it right and do it right. It never was right. You know, it just hard until the very end of the season. It just wouldn't be right, and that I think is what you saw with that frustration. So yeah, I'm not surprised at all that he's calling his uh, his old teammates, his old coaches, anybody. Someone help me! I don't I don't know what's going
1: on. I don't know how to fix this. I've seen the reflex from some fans be you know on social media, on our channels, and everything. Be wow! This is so unacceptable. How do you go behind Bill's back and talk to other people about the situation? inside Gillette Stadium, like the situation in Foxborough, and let people know how disorganized it is by asking for help. I don't read it that way. And we asked Dan Orloski about this uh, from ESPN. He was on with us earlier now. We'll say orlosky is incredibly pro-Mac. Yes, we will. Uh, on, or on, any
0: player, really. Yeah,
1: but <laughs> definitely on Mac. He's been very pro-Mac he all has. season. And I think a lot of times that's not without cause, but I just wanted his perspective as somebody who played quarterback in the league
4: the fact that the quarterback realizes this is not good enough and wants to figure out ways to make it better that's an appealing trait and an encouraging trait I just don't think that it is you know one that needs to be under Matt Patricia and Joe Judge's reign and I'm not saying fire these guys and they're out of jobs and whatnot I'm just saying you have to bring an offensive coordinator so no I, I like the fact that Mac wants to address what wasn't good enough this year and try to figure out ways um, and tap into other resources and, and advice from people who um, maybe have been a part of other ones that have been successful.
0: That sort of thing's common. I feel like in the NFL, you know, I'm sure Bill Belichick talks to a lot of people. A lot of people, I'm sure, talk to him and ask his advice on certain things uh, all over the league, coaches, players, whatever. I'm sure that that's a really common thing with him. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't have an issue with this. I really don't. I feel like.
1: So then, why the sensitivity from Bill?
0: Because Bill doesn't like people doing that under his in his house. People are doing that. But you in his He said it's so
1: common. You would you be surprised? People go to
0: Bill and ask him for his advice. He doesn't like someone in his house going and asking people outside of his house. You know what I mean? Like, that's different. That's, well, wait a minute. You can just ask me. I'm Bill Belichick. Everyone asks me everything. Everyone wants to know what I would do. And you're over there asking Nick Saban or, you know, whoever else. Like that, I could see that being something he gets defensive and kind of pissy about, sure.
1: I just don't understand the reflex to being angry at Mac about this or feeling like Mac is being traitorous or something. I don't think so. And from Bill's perspective, I guess it would be like, you know, keep everything in house. And so if you have a question, keep it in house. But then, you know, don't make him out to be a Y guy. Right. Don't make him out to be, you know, going against the plan or something. Because this brought me back to uh, the answer that he gave the other morning when he had his press availability about if Mac is going to be his starter. And we'll play the clip, but it's really the second half of it that jumped out to me when we originally talked about this, Arcan. And I think it all really wraps into it. Do we have that, Ryan?
5: Yeah, well, I think there's, uh, you know, Mac has the ability to, um, you know, to play quarterback in this league. You know, we have to all work together to try to, you know, find the best um, and most, you know, best way to, as a, as a football team, which obviously the quarterback's an important position, to be more productive than we were this year. And so that's incumbent upon all of us, and we'll all work together on that. And and again, look for better results.
0: Takes a village. Yeah, takes a village. We got to do Mac it Jones.
1: together. That means stop calling other people around the league and saying it's so messed up here. Can you please help me and stuff? And st- help me with a how to how to t- execute this incredibly basic playbook mm-hmm. that isn't playing to any of my strengths and stuff. Yeah, stuff like that. Stuff like that. Stuff like that. I'll
0: admit it's good to keep things in house, but the house is why he's frustrated. He's tex- frustrated because of what's in the house and how it's going in the house right now.
1: Text line has an interesting question. The top one.
0: Does it make it different if he was contacting Josh McDaniels?
4: That was my first thought. That's um, spicy. Not my text, but I, I think if Mac Jones is going to go, because I bet Mac probably knows, Like uh, I don't know if, if everybody's going to be on board with this, especially with what things are like in-house.
1: How's that going to get back to Bill? Josh is going to turn to Bill and be well, like... Well, Chris
4: Sims is going to blab about it on a stupid <laughs> podcast. <laughs> true, yeah. No,
1: no, no, no. But, but Chris Sims says that... That this got back to Bill. So, whoever Mac was talking to, if this was a Josh McDaniel right. situation, you really think Josh McDaniel's like going in for a hug with Bill, you know, at, during that, at, before that Raiders game or something? It was, He's like Max in my DMs. Ma- Max, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Max. Yeah
4: listen bill is everything okay look i'm, j- I'm just calling it t- uh, touch base because uh matt called me last night mm. and uh, we talked for a little bit and uh, he said i wasn't really happy with the offense seeing if there was anything that i could i could do about that to help him but you'd be okay with that right maybe it's just something as simple as that where josh goes uh okay i know bill very well i know mac pretty well you know maybe i can stop something from going really really wrong here because it wouldn't guarantee have been
1: josh. josh doesn't care yeah it whatever is happening. I, I'm sure he feels for Mac when he sees him. I'd imagine they probably texted each other. Josh has enough on his plate. Mac he does. Who?
0: But I'm sure, that because you remember uh, Bill said that him and Jimmy Garoppolo were texting. Remember when Garoppolo went to San Francisco? Yes. They were texting after games and going over the things in the games. Yeah, and, Bill was super eager to talk about that also. Absolutely. And you know that there's a relationship there between uh, Mac and Josh. And if you don't uh, remember, just watch their hug after that game. I didn't think Mac was ever going to let go. <laughs> I thought they were just going to sit there hugging for you know the rest of the night. And uh, that I think is a real thing. That's a real. That was a real connection. It's a real relationship. And I think it's probably stronger than any relationship Mac has with a coach on the staff right now.
1: Did you know that Mike McDaniel and Robert Sala kissed at midfield?
0: On the mouth?
4: <laughs> yeah. Did they really? I didn't know. that. <laughs> It was a French kiss, right, Megan?
1: There's a photo that somebody put out there where it looks like they're kissing.
4: Really?
2: Yeah!
1: It, it looks hey. very strong. I'm God gonna bless. Show, I'm going to show you during the break. You have that to look forward to. Do all right, great. To The mantra,
2: all gas, no break. This birthday is getting better and better.
0: Uh, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. We got Ryan uh, Garvin with your trending. And then when we come back, we'll get to this Red Sox disaster. And it is a disaster. That's next. I am based
3: on
5: um, other players who have had this surgery. How long would you expect him to be out? They are not ready to put a timetable on it yet. You know, I I certainly would not rule out a return sometime during 2023, uh, but it's also not something at this stage uh, that uh, we want to bank on. Um, You know, it'll take how long it takes. We want to make sure he's 100%. um, But, you know, certainly with this being uh, the internal brace procedure and not a a Tommy John, uh, it does leave the door open for a return this season.
0: Um, holy crap, Haim. It's Haim Bloom there, Sports Radio WEEI. It's Christian Arkin. It's Megan Adelini. A disaster of a press conference, I think. I didn't. I didn't really take one positive away from any of that. Uh, certainly, the Trevor Story stuff was rough. We'll get to what he had to say about Rafael Devers and that whole thing. But let's start with Trevor Story. That news breaking yesterday, and uh, now it looks like they're hoping he's going to play in 2023. I mean, what a what a mess. What a mess they have, letting Xander Bogarts walk. You feel like your ace in the hole there is uh, Trevor Story because he can play shortstop or second base, so you can move him around, bring in a second baseman, bring in a shortstop, whatever you need. You can move that guy, and it's all good. And now they're not sure he's playing in 2023. They're hoping he's going to play in 2023. He's certainly going to miss a substantial amount of time and a Red Sox offseason that had very few uh, positives Gets dealt another devastating negative. This might be the worst news uh, we've gotten so far. This might be up there with. This might be worse news than Xander. Like Xander leaving sucks, but now the backup can't play. <laughs> like the guy you brought in is Xander Insurance for this exact thing. He can't play for however long. Like that's awful. That's well, really bad co- news.
1: They're completely connected. You know, obviously, right. is a it's it paints everything in a different light too. Because you know, after Xander signed his Padres. Contract uh, in early early December, then Himes get it fielding these questions about okay, so you know you moving story over from second base to shortstop, and he's kind of towing the line there, saying oh I don't know we'll see right. you know we like him there he's great defensive second baseman it's like okay so then what's the plan at shortstop <laughs> and then all of a sudden hey hey over here look biggest contract in Red Sox history uh, Raphael Devers aren't you guys happy again and we're yay everybody's happy for like twenty four hours and we go oh yeah Xander's still gone. Uh, now we get this, and it just makes... When you you look at the timeline for this, so sounds like if you believe everything from the Red Sox on their face, uh, at face value, I'd say, is that this became an issue around Christmas. Mm -hmm. So Trevor Story was working out and started getting a little pain in that elbow. But then you go back to even before the season... This was an issue that was apparent to everybody when he was a Rocky in 2021. Before you signed him as a Red Sox, is a Red Sox? This as is a, a Red Sox, always.
0: Yeah, as a Red Sox. Okay, as a Red Sox. But I think you can do either one.
1: Whatever. <laughs> as one of your players, <laughs> right? Ten months ago, every everybody and their brother apparently knew that this was an issue that he had elbow inflammation, and then we get this interview from our very own Rob Bradford from WEI from the Bradford Show and Baseball Isn't Boring Podcasts and he talked to him in September and listened to how long he's been dealing with this elbow issue. Are
2: okay, you turning the corner a little bit with it or? Yeah, yeah. You know, I just did a lot of work in the offseason and you know, just really kind of re uh, readjusting my routine and getting locked in on that and that that's helped a lot and uh, you know, strengthening the shoulder always staying on, you know, forearm strengthening stuff so you know, a lot of soft tissue and there's just kind of a lot that goes into it. Uh, you know, you can't just say it's one thing but um, really just re- rework my routine and yeah, man, I feel I feel really good about it now, and yeah, last year was, uh, it was a tough year. year. Yeah, it was a great. What, what exactly was it, if you don't mind me asking? It was a flexor, flexor strain. Okay, yeah, just right there on the right there. The and flexor. when did it start? Feel when did that? Um, kick that was uh like, I want to say it was in like June or so. And you so you played yeah, I, it. I made one throw and I kind of like I did a spin throw and I felt it and yeah, I ended up missing missing I think two three weeks and then came yeah. back
0: and.
4: Yeah, just kind of grinding
0: through it after that. Right, you so stop, you, it. But- you stop
1: it there. Okay, so this was an issue back in June. Yep. And he had to grind through it. So the Red Sox staff is on top of these guys all the time, like measuring every which way. And aren't they supposed to be like the super genius analytics guys? Aren't they tracking everything with these guys' health? You would think. So I don't think it's. A, I don't think we should treat it like it's something that came completely out of the blue. I don't think it's something where they were probably talking about surgery back in October or September, but this has been an underlying issue all along. Now it requires surgery. And you knew that back when you signed him for 140 million. You knew that when you lowballed Xander thinking that, well, maybe story will slide in that position. You knew that when you didn't negotiate with Xander's agent the entire season, you knew that when you let Xander walk into free agency, and you knew that when you wouldn't go up to $200 for Xander and let Xander go to the Padres. You knew all of this could be an issue, and now once again, it throws the entire it, it throws everybody out of position the way they were three quarters of the season last year, and here you are. And we haven't even gotten to spring training.
0: Yeah, Trevor's story was one of the things that High and Bloom could sort of point to and say, "I'm not as bad as you all think I am. Look at this. I'm not exactly what you say I am. I'm not only out there uh, sifting through the garbage looking for these, you know, cheap players. I spend money. I'm just like all the other GMs. I'm a red side. This is, I know how to work in this market. I understand how it all uh, works and what I have to do and everything else. That was his big, his big uh, money signing. I'm smart, all right? I'm smart, Mo Green. <laughs> um, but it just sort of seems like nothing, everything he touches, right? I mean, what has, and Bloom, there's been a couple of moves here and there that have not been bad. Schwarber was fine at the deadline. He left. You know, most of the things that he touch, that he touches just, I mean, they turn to they turn to garbage, you know, or, or they just don't work. Or even the things that do work are supposed to be the, the backup plans and the secondary plan. It's just it's not connecting uh, with this guy for some reason. And, again, I don't necessarily think it's 100% all his fault. He was set up to fail here, and I think that that sucks that they did that to him. But I also – you have to read the forest for the trees here. And I'm starting to think that High and Bloom just maybe isn't cut out for this. And uh, that's, you know, I mean – I'm not I'm not calling for a job, I'm just sort of looking at the at the entirety of what we've seen so far here from him. And I just don't think that Rafael Devers signing Rafael Devers to a big contract is enough of a legacy for him. And that's really what his legacy is right now.
4: I have a question. What what do you think the conversation is like if Trevor Story says, Yeah, I was starting to feel this in June and he did miss some time uh towards the end of the season, um if they sit down with him and go, listen, we know your elbow is bothering you, your throwing motion is different, do they sit there with a straight face and go, maybe you should think about getting this handled now, maybe you should think about getting surgery? Or do they just leave it up to Trevor Story and say, talk to us in the end of December, talk to us in January, see how you feel when you start ramping it up again? Because then we're almost in like a Mac Jones situation again. Where does he get the tightrope surgery? It's right. like Jack Eichel in Buffalo. You should get surgery on your back. Well I'm not gonna do that to myself. I'm not it's it's my body and I'm not gonna let you dictate if I have surgery on it so I can play for your team or not. I don't know. Because uh, that, that would it's... that would also make the team look bad, no? If they turned around and said, Trevor Story, you need to get surgery and they and Trevor Story was like, No, I, I gutted this out June, I, July, I, August. I don't
1: I don't really like the comparison because the tightrope surgery was in order to get him back faster. This surgery is something that it feels like so he's not getting a,
4: Tommy John it's surgery. An, it's preventative.
1: It's an issue yeah. that he's like tightrope surgery. Tightrope is like get back quick, is what it sounded like. Well it, and experimental. It
4: sounds like this is just pushing off what I hope is not the inevitable of him possibly needing Tommy John surgery at some point. This this is like a an abridged version of sure. that. Instead of missing an entire season, he can only miss, you know, optimistically four to six months. But this was also
0: we were also under the impression Xander would be back as a shortstop True. at this point. So he was thinking he was still going to be making throws from the second base position. Not as like much strain on the elbow there. Now that he's
4: ramping up to become a shortstop, that's so much more strain on your elbow trying to come across the diamond.
0: Bob Nightingale uh, tweeted yesterday that Story was quite aware that he would need elbow surgery in the offseason, one of his teammates said, but was hoping that he could avoid it with rest. Now our own Loney, uh questioned this and said, this is hard to believe. If you know you need surgery, you don't hope. If you have a little pain, you hope it goes away with rest, not surgery. A little pain, not something that he knew he was going to need, but then sort of hoped and dreamed that it wouldn't go that way.
2: (laughs) Um,
0: Also, Kike Hernandez came out and said that 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 thing is, uh, the Nightingale report was, I can't say what he said. He said said, this is poop emoji. He
1: he said specifically because uh, Nightingale then followed this up and said story was, that, that he got that from one of his Boston Red Sox teammates is the one who told him that. Yeah. And so I find that a little weird if he would make that up. It's
0: a teammate who doesn't like story, it sounds like.
1: <laughs> well, or doesn't talk to Kike at all. Right. <laughs> because to say, to, if you're going to make something up, you, you attribute it to random, very vague sources. You don't say one of your teammates told me this. Yeah,
0: the roster's not that big. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, like you, you and I, to I would feel out.
1: like if Kike's going guy by guy, did, did you talk to him? Did you talk to him? Whoever talked to him isn't going to be like, yes, Kike. Doing like There's the Larry me. David
0: stare, you know, yeah. like to see if they're lying or not. 617 779 nine, seven ninety three seven. There's your phone number. Let's go to Nate, who is in Westfield, with a uh, thought on Trevor Story's timeline. Go ahead, Nate.
4: Hey, guys. Uh, hey. I just want to say I had a similar surgery. I had the bridge surgery three years ago, and The process is it takes three months to get back to the throwing program, and then it's six months you should be playing. Um, So, I mean, realistically, it should be a six-month process, and most of the time it does work. But even with Story coming back in in July, you're looking at a team that's going to hit probably under 100 home runs in (laughs) best-case scenarios like the Guardians, but they don't have the pitching for that. Uh, I mean, they're kind of...
0: They're kind of pork, Nate, is what you're trying to say, and I think you're right. In six months, I mean, yeah, six months from now is like the All-Star break, right? I mean, we're talking June, July. Like, that's you know, that's pretty far into it. You're pretty deep in. That's a go lot of time. Red Sox! Thank Let's you. Go Red Sox! Tom Warner, at least he showed up today.
1: Oh, my God. That's the other side of this. Where's John Henry? Where was Sean Henry? Beats me. He's busy today. So he had a conflict today, apparently. Reportedly, he was not at this. They, they hold this meeting to talk about how much they love... Raphael Devers, and he's, you know, their star and everything. And Heim Bloom has to get up there and give this whole awkward, prepared pep talk to everybody, all the media. And John Henry's nowhere to be found. I was
2: at the Golden Globes.
1: And Tom Warner's there. I want
2: to apologize.
1: And John Henry had a conflict as if he can't set the meeting. Right. This doesn't make sense. He
4: had a dentist appointment.
1: Like it doesn't make. He just doesn't want to be there because he doesn't want to show his face and it's embarrassing and everything that they're doing is embarrassing. Doesn't want it's to answer so questions. Doesn't
0: want to get booed. Although I don't know if anybody in the the beat's going to boo him. Yeah,
1: It'd Dan Roach
0: though. is
4: boo. You suck,
0: Shaughnessy <laughs> might. <laughs> Shaughnessy might boo him. He's his employee. Yeah, Sam
4: Kennedy's <laughs> up there. Bloom's up there. Raphael Devers, Raphael's agent me. and his interpreter, and Tom Warner. And yes, no John this Henry. This freaking
1: right. ownership has been ghost since before the pandemic with reporters. It is, it's the it's the toughest, I'm sorry, it's the most like exhausting beat to work in this city. <laughs> you have to go to so many of these games. Mm. You have to go to spring training, leave your family for weeks on end. Trust me, it sounds glamorous.
5: Yay, baseball.
1: You get to go to like warm weather in the middle of the worst time of year here yeah, when everybody's that's great sick of if winter. You, if you
4: cover the Red Sox, it's if you great, cover the Padres. It's great though.
1: for about two and a half days. And then you're losing your mind.
4: Mm. Ugh, and Twin Peaks again.
1: It's just, I'm not. I'm not making. I'm not trying to say like it's the. It's a horrible job or anything. It's just. It's irritating that ownership won't give it the time of day when it's spo- Supposedly like, oh, our crown jewel that we're parading around. They can't even show up.
0: You keep this up, they're not going to ask you to speak at the BBWA dinner, Mego I'll tell oh you. Oh, my God. <laughs> 617. That's
1: fine. That thing runs too long. <laughs> do We to make through too many of those. Do we want to make that our thing predictions goes right so now? It's so long, and you're not allowed to go into the autograph line unless you're a child. That's that the other right? thing. It's true. Oh man! I mean, I wouldn't go, but hmm. sometimes I've brought a guest who wants to go in the autograph line. Yeah,
0: what kid cares about baseball autographs these days anyway? Do we, can lot. we
4: can we say right now on January 11 uh, 2023 at 5:37? Do you guys believe that we will hear from John Henry at the start of spring training? No, I, no? no.
0: I say no right Megan? away,
1: Megan. Why would he? For what?
4: Yeah. Well, because that's what you do is ownership. That's what they've done every year up until apparently 2019. Nice weather
2: we're having down here,
4: huh? Oh, it's not a picnic table anymore. We actually get to sit in the dugout oh, like the players. I
0: bet you don't like it up north. You know, hey, we they, really, They've oh. competed for the spring training championship
4: for the we last really five years. We really messed up right? that Xander Bogarts thing, didn't we?
1: Your impersonation sounds like... Larry David about to die.
4: I've uh, yes
1: <laughs>
0: heard Bernie Sanders.
1: Yeah, yeah. Bernie. Uh, it's not. It word. doesn't
0: sound like John Henry, but that's not. Can really. you all hear
1: me? Hey, it's got to be like a little softer. It's got to everybody, be. Everybody oh.
2: just get off my case. OK, uh. thanks for listening.
1: Do you um, know how hard it is to own all these teams? I was really hung over this morning. <laughs> Couldn't make it.
0: Uh, let's go to Tim in Hanover. Tim in Hanover. He says it's all fake news with High and Bloom. Go ahead, Tim.
3: Yeah. Good evening, Christian and Mego. Good evening. I want to say, uh, yeah, definitely. Ever since the beginning, a long time ago, I was saying they're not signing Xander. They're not going to make any deal with uh, Devers. And then here they are saying they're going to offer. They're going to offer them deals. They want to sign all of them. And next thing you know, Xander goes. Then I even think story was known by them. But it is just what I think. But the thing is, you know what, they're going to lose a lot of fans because now they're going to have, like, no infield. They're going to have maybe two good pitches that come out. They might win one and then lose four or five. Who's going to want watch them losing all the time? Unless it's just a night out, a family thing, that's the only way they're going to go, man. Oh, it's great that's, coming that's out him. to the ballpark, even
1: when the team sucks. Well, they're always going to have tourists. And we'll give you a tour always... of Linda's Kale Garden upstairs. <laughs> you know what? That's a nice garden. Is this nice is where
2: garden. it hurts most. Yes. We when s- the kale dies.
1: We serve wine here now. If you're on a strict diet your lady can have some wine
3: Uh, way back way back
0: (laughs) um let's go to mike in connecticut before we uh before we go to break hello mike hey how's it going guys how you doing mike
3: hi i'm not too bad well my biggest problem is like why does shame like shame like say all this stuff like uh you know kike uh, we're gonna be so much better and and we're gonna make all these big splashes and sign all these people And we have so much money. And then there was, like, a couple B moves, a couple C moves, you know, around, you know, building. He did rebuild the bullpen, but it just seems like he – they said this was the year. This was the
4: year. We're spending all the money. We're going to, you know.
1: Thanks, Mike. It's because they don't know how to do it. The plan that they have is not working out the way that they intended, and they don't know how to be flexible or move swiftly, go to plan B. Change this up here. Don't know how to get the guys they want either. Read the market. Yeah, they they don't know how to. They
0: didn't know how to get Dansby Swanson. They didn't know how to get Carlos Correa. They didn't we I saw Carabas in the usual group. Oh, hey, here's uh, here's Correa taking BP at Fenway. Like, oh wow, you think he's gonna? What I thought was gonna happen, honestly, is that the Red Sox are gonna be the next team to bring him in, offer him a contract, and then uh, turn back on it after his physical. He's not
5: that, just a star; he's our star.
0: That's right, uh, Rafael. Devers. star. He's your star. He's the last star you got. <laughs> Um, there are a couple of decent pitchers. I think How can uh, uh, Whitlock are both good pitchers. Listen, but... Chris Sale, day one starter, book it. Give me a break, Chris Sale. No problem. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Chris Sale is uh, I mean, what a sunk cost Can we cost hear a little? Is.
1: Can we hear a little of uh, Himes, Sorry, James. James Cham. pe- Pep Rally next.
0: Uh, yeah, let's come back with that. Uh, fear not, Red Sox fans. Chaim, a.k.a. Haim Bloom, uh, is, uh, is here to tell you that things aren't so bad. In fact, things are going to be awesome. His words, not mine. That's next.
5: One more thing I actually want to say um, really to our fans. Loving your favorite team has great moments. It's not always easy. And I know we've had some, up, some ups and downs, you know, certainly in the last few years. And I know y'all are smart and you knew there would be ups and downs uh, with where we stood and some of the things that we were going to have to go through. And you've been with us the whole way. When we've celebrated, you've celebrated with us. Um, When we've hurt, you've hurt. And we know that. So I'm hoping today, uh, when you think about what we always talk about and where we're going, and this vision of of a Red Sox organization that every year is consistently contending for championships, I'm hoping that vision's a little clearer for you today. You know it's not always linear, it's not always easy. We've taken a couple haymakers. You know what, we're probably gonna take a couple more. This is baseball. It's not supposed to be easy. But I wanna be clear, we're going to do this. It's gonna be awesome.
0: Everything is awesome.
5: Everything Ugh. is cool
0: of the team. Wow. It's going to be awesome. Is, awesome. is it? I'll tell you what, I'm not a big awesome. uh, I'm not a big pep talk guy, period. I think just like the idea of pep talks is kinda of lame. You know, you need to talk it's to okay me, you need to if tell you're me something like
1: in a locker room.
0: Yeah, locker room pep talk's one thing. Even those, I feel like, get pretty contrived. Really? Yeah, I'm oh, not the, big, I'm not the can biggest. make you
1: run through a wall.
0: Sometimes, yes. I just feel like most of the time, that's not what locker room speeches are like. Um, has Bill Belichick ever had a locker room speech and wanted to run through a wall with? That,
1: that's not his style.
0: You can still be a good coach. Uh, the point here, though, is that high and bloom, I don't think, is reassuring anybody uh, with those. With those, where the 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 most troubling thing I heard. Was when he says we've had some haymakers, we're probably going to have a few more. It's like really more? There's going to be more haymakers.
3: It's
1: baseball. <laughs> it's Jesus. not easy. That's what people always say about baseball. You know, Ugh. that's that old saying about baseball. It's not easy. It's what baseball. What else? What else
3: could be
0: Sign Devers? So he can't. You can't, we're you can't lose take him. A
5: couple more. This is baseball.
0: Ah, uh, no, no, no more haymakers. Mookie and Xander. What are you going to do next? What are you going to blow up Fenway Park like? No more haymakers. Please. Stick and move high. I'm sticking stick and move. I'm all set with that. Um, and then he ends it with, "It's going to be awesome."
1: It's going to be awesome. Maybe bro. it will
4: be awesome. Maybe we'll all this, look back at the, this segment here and, you know, the the September as we're getting ready for a big World Series push. Hey, Ooh. Don Sweeney's saying
0: that right now, isn't he? You guys all oh, thought I, this true. season was going to be a big bust. You all thought I was an idiot. You all wanted me fired. And look at this. Now we're the best team in the NHL. Yeah,
4: I also read that the, uh, the, the prospects are ranked number 30th, according to the Athletics. So I don't know if I'd take a quick victory lap. But, yeah, maybe for this year, Don Sweeney, you're okay.
1: Well, prospects for the Red oh, you Sox. Meant the hockey gonna,
4: oh, I meant yeah. the hockey prospects.
1: Red Sox <laughs> prospects are going to keep you from, I think, making any meaningful fixes to now the Trevor Story situation because now you got everybody, uh, you know potentially out of position, most likely out of position. Mm -hmm. So then you have people saying, oh, what about Brian Reynolds? Why don't you just go out and get Brian Reynolds? As if the Mariners, Yankees, and Dodgers are going to go out and actually offer their prospects up, which you're never going to do because those beloved, precious prospects are going to be what Bloom wants to point to when he's out of this job and has some kind of legacy in Boston so that three, four, five years from now, if two of those prospects turn into a Mookie turn into a Devers, turn into a Xander the way that the guys here back then Mm -hmm. for two of those three did. He can point to that and say, well, you know, I did that. I found that guy. Yeah, I developed that guy.
0: Look at my tremendous legacy. Um, Before we get to right before the end of the show, uh, this was according to John Boy Media. Correct me if I got anything wrong here. I'm going off of memory. But the uh, starting lineup for your Boston Red Sox today, right now, if the season were to start, would be Yoshida leading off, Kike in the two-hole, Devers uh, batting third, then in the cleanup spot, Justin Turner, Alex Verdugo batting fifth, Christian Arroyo batting sixth, meat of the order right there, Uh, Tristan Cass is seventh, is that right? Is that who uh, John Boy has right now? Pulling that up right now. Okay. (laughs) And then I believe it's Reese McGuire, (laughs) and uh, I don't know who's batting ninth. Jaren Duran. Duran, (laughs) Jaren Duran, of course, (laughs) right. Yes, right. Of course, obviously. I forget. Jaren Duran. Um, if that doesn't make you want to get up and start breakdancing, then I don't know. Maybe you're not a real Red Sox fan.
4: Uh, and that means it is time for... It is time for the almost end of the show, which is sponsored by Cars 4 Kids. Does that old car giving you problems? Well, why not donate it? Call one eight seven seven cars 4 kids today. And, of course, that is cars with a K. Now, I know, Arkan, you just got through saying that you weren't not big on, you know, uh, jack-em-up speeches, pump speeches, hype speeches, pet talks, any of that crap. Well, did you guys watch the college football championship Monday night? Uh, part of half. it. Yeah. Okay, I think a lot of people were there. But one guy that really, really, really wanted to get his message across was head coach Kirby Smart. And uh, this is some leaked audio, apparently, from the locker room. This is Kirby Smart's big pep talk to his team right before they took the field.
2: Yo ass is prepared for this shit for 365 days. I think about the in that locker room. Think about getting our opportunity. All the. shit went through this week to get ready for this game, now is when you pay the price. You go out there with energy, enthusiasm, hey guys, ain't nobody in this room should be cautious, ain't nobody in this room should be nervous about s***, go out of here and f*** their ass up, don't yeah. think about scoreboard, no, don't think about shit. up. you think about knocking the s*** out of them, did you hear what Box said on Monday, Last I sat in that meeting, I wanted to go f***ing play right then, doing your s*** up out here, two years ago, f*** your s*** up, goddamn pride and joy, tells me you these guys up, you go play the right way. You play the right way. You knock their ass off. You stay off the ground. You tackle the man with a ball. The is easy. Look at the right shit. Punish their ass on offense and kick their ass on special teams, guys. It's about who the we are. I believe in you.
4: Win on three. One, two, three. <laughs> I'll Come tell on. you what. That doesn't hype you guys up. You already go play some
2: football. It's
0: a good speech. He could have said, alright guys, go out there and win, and they still would have won by fifty points. He didn't have to say all that. Well, apparently. <laughs>
1: Why do you say they were going to have to pay the price? Does he know that's a negative thing? Because he's just—I don't think Kirby Smart say, like, said anything our, there. It's just how he said nothing. Lap, you know
4: that—that—that's—that's that's really what a lot of these press speeches are. Well, apparently, not everybody was overly thrilled with how the uh, the game between TCU and Georgia went. Obviously, Georgia routed TCU. The TCU game was never, wasn't happy, never really. close. Well, apparently there's one gentleman who's probably a regular caller to the Paul Feinbaum program mm-hmm. who uh, made a TikTok video of himself. I believe he's wearing a Mississippi State he's hat a Mississippi, State, Mississippi fan. State hat. And you know, this is this is what he plans his whole life around. And and this was his reaction to the big game as it's unfolding. Let's hear from this gentleman who I call TCU Rance Guy.
3: On the college football playoff committee. Congratulations, you need to pat yourself on the back because you have screwed every college football fan in this country tonight that's what you have done you have done that they, they look at this right here 45 to 7 okay and look at this they just yeah, luckily he dropped the ball what 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 is this what is this
4: F- football what yeah. have
3: you given us i'm sorry <laughs> this is a national championship game i know that's what this is yeah and it's 45-7. to seven.
4: Uh, that, that's, a, that's a bad one, right? You
3: thought TCU belonged in this game? What was the qualifications, College Football Playoff Committee? What was their qualifications? Getting beat by Kansas State. That qualifies you for this game. The biggest game of the year. The game that every college football fan, no matter what team they pull for, looks forward to. <laughs> and this is the garbage that you gave us.
4: I want to run through a
0: wall. Pathetic.
3: You are pathetic.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yell at me.
3: This is a disaster. This is a barn fire. And every one of you, not one of you deserves to be on that committee. Mm. If this is what you think college football is supposed to look like, you owe us all an apology. Every one of you that's on that committee that pulled some crap like this deserves us all an apology. And I want it.
1: Won't that? Bet. This
3: better not ever happen again. This committee needs to be redone, got done away with, whatever you want to call it. This is garbage.
4: Oh, he got cut off trying to make the video. I take back everything I said about Pepto. You like that him was, now, that right? Was tremendous. Did that, you I say barn that. fire? Barn fire. The barn fire. It's a imagine one. if you didn't have sports to like yell about. Yeah. Could you imagine being that guy's neighbor? Mm, no.
1: I think that guy yells about other stuff. Well, that they're... guy,
4: if he hated the national championship, he would have hated
0: the Super Bowls in the '90s because that's what all those games looked like. Yeah, you know, like that was a championship game, and so I don't know. I don't know how old that guy is but uh, he would not have liked that, I don't think.
4: And there you have it. That was the almost end of the show, which, of course, always leads us to the end of the show where we are followed by the Rich Keefe Show. That's right.
0: Rich Keefe coming up next. I want to say thanks to Dan Orlovsky. Thanks to Brian Scalabrini for Megan Ottolini. Arcan here. We're back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. We'll talk to you then.
3: Got done away with whatever you want to call it. This is
2: Garbage.